welcome to the Point of Impact podcast with Rick McDaniel. Thanks for joining us today. Get ready to be inspired and motivated to live a high-impact life. Now, here's Rick. Welcome to another episode of the Point of Impact podcast. I'm Rick McDaniel, and it is great, again, to have you joining with us today. And we finished up talking about change this past uh, episode and i'd like to do um, one of my uh, sort of one-off uh, episodes that uh, i like to do from time to time you know sometimes i like to stay with the theme most of the time but in this particular case I- i'd like to do something a little different to some extent this is uh, a bit of a hearkening back to some episodes i did earlier on the pandemic uh, because I want to talk to to you about your mental well-being uh, in these uh, challenging times and really you know you've got three things happening here simultaneously we have a, a, a health crisis uh, we have an, an economic crisis and and then we have uh, we have a social crisis so we've got a covid 19 virus that's wrecking all kinds of havoc and uh, taking lives and causing people all types of of heartache and pain and requiring enormous changes uh, to daily life and the way the things that we're used to we've got because of that then people losing their jobs in record numbers and just some really heartbreaking stories. I was talking to my tailor the other day and she was telling me that uh, because of uh, no proms, no weddings, that she is just losing all kinds of business and is now behind on her rent for the first time in 20 years. And we were talking as a staff about our back to school drive that we do for a very needy school in the city of Richmond. And the fact that they're not going to have classes, so we can't even do that. And then that led into a discussion about the retailers selling back to school supplies and clothes and all that stuff and and the impact that that's going to have. So the economic crisis, and as we've talked about before, then we have the racial issues. And what are we going to do about police brutality? What are we going to do about making sure that we address these issues of racism and and inequality and discrimination and try to get to the root of these so that we can have some some, uh, long-lasting and long-needed reforms that will lead to a a country that truly lives up to its highest ideals. So all these things happening simultaneously are very, very challenging to a person's uh, well-being, your your mental well-being. It's it's just really, really, really tough. Let me just give you some uh, research here. In uh, April, there was a poll done by the Kaiser Family Foundation, and uh, this is what it, it found that 45% of the respondents say that the worry that they're experiencing is having a negative impact on, on their mental health or mental well-being. I mean, that's that's almost half. That's a really, really, really big number. And then in May, in uh, the journal The Lancet Psychiatry, uh, talked about previous outbreaks of coronaviruses like SARS and MERS and said that approximately 15% of the hospitalized patients still had lingering anxiety or depression 
three years later. Wow, 15% three years later still dealing with the impact uh, mentally about what they went through. So we know that there's, uh, there's a lot here. There's a lot. And um, <clears throat> the, the whole thing about school and sports is, is really something. It's something that's very big for, for me because I have a church with a lot of young families and they're just really challenged by the, the school situation and the kids not being able to go to school, be with their friends, not be able to play sports, all the things that, you know, that are a big part of, of family life. And all those things being gone make for some real challenges. So I just want to uh, share with you 10 ways that, that you can improve your mental well-being. And I would say to you that, you know, these will work for you uh, after these crises are over. I mean, these are tried and true principles that you can take with you that you you can incorporate into your life and they'll they'll help you mentally they will help you for the rest of your life if you will if you will do that uh, so let's just jump in today and and uh, let's begin with something that that I I think I know a lot about because uh, I wrote a book called turn your setbacks into comebacks so and that is reframing setbacks as as opportunities for change. No one's ever had a comeback without change. So the key to a comeback is that you have to do something different than what got you into the setback. It's really important to understand that before you can have a comeback, you have to understand more about setbacks because you can learn from your setbacks. There are lessons to be learned in any setback. I can assure you of that. So Sometimes when we've had an emotional or a financial, relational, physical setback, it just seems like it's over. It's not over. Uh, comebacks happen all the time, and, and you can certainly have one. But it's helpful if you can and reframe the challenges that you're experiencing as opportunities to help you in the future to be able to move forward in other words the, a, a setback is not a step back it's not and you can have a marvelous marvelous comeback everyone has setbacks it absolutely just simply happens and many times in a crisis there's really an opportunity to for transformation when you are uh, moved out of, uh, forced out of your, your comfort zone, then you have an opportunity to look for the lesson, to learn from the lesson, and to make the kind of change that you need to make so you don't have the setback again, and really the kind of changes that can really benefit and bless your life. So... Thinking about setbacks differently and understanding that they can lead to marvelous comebacks when you take advantage of the opportunity to learn from them. The worst thing that can happen to anyone is to have a setback and not, first of all, not even look for the lesson, let alone learn from the lesson. That's a gigantic mistake. 
Here's another one, becoming comfortable with being uncomfortable. <laughs> you know, this is, this is kind of a funny phrase and man, I'm about to live it myself. So I know, um, I mean, I've lived it many times and I'm about to here again. And, and I'll tell you more about that in the weeks to come. But the idea that be, that a lot of people don't want to be uncomfortable. They want to avoid it. But actually, it can really fuel some very positive things in your life. Because it's sort of like, you know, where we are and, and where we want to be. That, that being in that uncomfortable place can really be transformed into some very uh, positive and productive energy to, to, to move us forward. Because if you stay only in the comfortable, you'll, you're, you're going to miss out. You're not going to fulfill your full God-given potential. That is a, a certainty. So sometimes God puts us in uncomfortable situations so that we will make the sort of changes, make the kind of moves, take the kind of steps that will bring us into a place where we can really experience things that we need to experience, grow where we need to grow and become who we were created and destined to be. So becoming uncomfortable, comfortable with the uncomfortable is, is, is how you do that instead of kind of rejecting it. And this whole this whole tri-crisis, you know, the triple crisis that we're in, the trifecta of crises is making all of us uncomfortable. And yet, what, what can be the, the, the benefits in that? How can we uh, make that positive in our life? That, that's, the, that's the key. That's the thing, thing to really focus on and to think about. All right, here's another uh, way and that is really understanding that um, you, you really have to attend to your, 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 you know, your personal life. So, you know, we've got these three main areas of life, right? We've got, we've got our home life, we've got our work life, and, and we have, you know, say our, 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 our personal life, our, our self. And, and those three uh, need to be kept in balance. Um, so... You know, the good news is that um, if one, you know, sort of we struggle in one, we've got two others to to uh, kind of hold us up. So it's it's just really important to make sure we we're holding the, the three in balance and the personals probably being uh, stressed a bit through, you know, what's happening here in, in these crises that we're that we're going. It's kind of like, you know, the airplane before you put the mask on anyone else when the oxygen mask dropped down. Although in all the hundreds of flights I've taken, that's never once happened, but thank God. But, uh, you know, secure your the oxygen for yourself first, and then you can help others. You can help your spouse. You can help your children, whatever the case may be. You know, same same kind of uh, concept. Uh, you're no good to anyone else if, if you can't make sure and take care of your yourself. And now, again, I, I would highly recommend the practices of prayer and uh, reading the Bible and finding the kind of peace uh, that comes through that. Um, being able to attend to your spiritual life is going to give you the kind of strength that you need. 
but it all, but also applies to other parts of your, you know, like exercise and, and making sure that you're taking care of yourself. And I think that, that that's just vitally important so that you can care for others and be the best for others. Um, Need, need to be able to do that. Uh, another another way to to uh, really work on your uh, mental well being is is to not compare yourself to other people. This is just a prescription for disaster. Really, every every time, every time. And, I, and I've talked about this before because it's it's just because of the social media world in which we live. It kind of engenders a comparison like never before it's not like you know this wasn't happening all along but just you know you just see stuff on on social media and we're just like you know comparing our uh, ourselves you know and uh, against others in you know all kinds of ways and and it's just it doesn't do any good it you know it just leads us down the, the wrong what can end up happening is kind of a a critical uh, attitude toward yourself, uh, a kind of judging of yourself. And it's just, it's just no good. There's everyone, you know, just take it from a pastor, okay? He's talked to thousands of people. You don't know the whole story. You do not know the whole story of people's lives. And, And it's just so important not to assume that you do. And you see highlights, the highlight reel on social media, you know, then that's uh, that's what you see. You don't see the whole story and it, it will not help your mental well-being to try to say, oh, if only this, if only that, you know, there's there's more to the story. I can assure you of that. And and what you really got to do is to be able to just accept yourself and and uh, be be happy with who you are as you work on becoming uh, the best version of yourself and becoming the person that you ultimately want to be. Here's another, I think, tried and true way uh, to, to help your, your mental well-being, and that is to tackle one problem at a time. You know, when, you, when you're faced in a season like this with uh, some really, you know, challenging situations, um, pinpoint at least one that you can exert some control over an attack. You know, instead of just being overwhelmed or trying to to sort of do three things at once, just say, you know, this is something that I can tackle. And really shift yourself into into that kind of take charge mode and say, I'm going to meet this challenge. I'm going to meet it from a position of strength. I'm going to tackle this one thing. This is something that, you know, I can do something about. And in fact, I, I'm going to do something about it. So it may be something financial where you can, you know, you, you, you can take charge uh, of, of some aspect of your financial situation, even if other things you can't. It may be something to do with your, your uh, physical health and you can do something about it. You can take charge and say, you know, I'm going to start doing this. I'm going to start eating healthier. I'm going to start exercising. I'm not just going to give into this quarantine uh, weight gain and, you know, whatever the case may be. Um, It may be something that you can even do professionally 
that you can say, you know, this is something I can do. Maybe you're going to do something on the side that uh, is going to really benefit you and bless you long after all these crises are over. But tackle something and don't try to tackle everything and you'll have more success in doing it that way. And, and frankly, it'll really it'll really help you mentally because if you can have a success in, in, in tackling one challenge or one problem, that is going to be very motivating to you. And so you really need to, to focus on just one challenge at a time. Not a lot of them, not even two, just one and see what kind of progress you can make. And along with it, and along with that principle, is another one, which is to think back on your past achievements and your past successes. You know, things may look kind of bleak right now, but it's not like it's the first time you've ever been in challenging situations. Maybe, you know, again, maybe not a, a global pandemic, but, you know, there was a recession in 2008, but you made it. You persevered through. We have a, a, a real um, uh, resilience inside of us. Some of us don't know that or maybe haven't tapped into it. But, you know, we have a capacity to weather the storms, to deal with disappointments, and to make the changes that we need to make. And it, it, it's good to just, you know, look back through previous challenges that you've you've experienced remembering how you you made it how you triumphed how you achieved i think about when i was in you know doing my third uh, degree uh final degree advanced degree whatever and um i i did that with two young children now my previous two two degrees i i didn't have children um that one I did. And, you know, that was really challenging. And I was working part time as well at a church while I was going to school full time and I was going to Duke University. It was, you know, this was not, you know, uh, and this is a very rigorous, very challenging uh, academic environment. And it, it, it was really something. But guess what? Made it through. Made it through. And when you can look back and you say, you know, I did this and I did that. Again, I, I'm, the, I'm a guy who's a founder. I founded, I founded four campuses, two schools. So, you know, I know what it's like to, to face some really daunting challenges. I remember when we were going to uh, build our building, our, our first building, and I was told by a good friend of mine who was a banker, you shouldn't be doing this. It's too big of a project and you're, you just don't have the resources for it. And um, I was then told by three other banks the same thing. And guess what? Got a loan, built the building, and uh, it all worked out. It all worked out really great. So remembering those sorts of things, you know, those past successes and achievements just can help you. You know, you triumphed over this in the past, you triumphed over that in the past, and that gives you the confidence to face what is, what is in front of you right now.
And just, it's so helpful to be able to do that. I cannot stress enough how important it is to just, maybe just break out your resume, you know, just kind of look at it and go, yeah, you know, I've done a few things, accomplished some stuff. And um, you can you can accomplish more, by the way, and you will accomplish more. All right, let's, let's just shift a little here and, and talk about a, a couple of things that are important in terms of really just looking again at, at your own uh, mental well-being. And here's one is, you know, you need to be able to uh, share it with uh, someone that you can trust, you know, that you're struggling. You know, it's great to be able to handle challenges head on, but, um, you know, there's value in being able to admit that, you know, you need a hand. And people are who are successful have friends that they can lean on in times of need. There's something to be said for self-reliance and independence, but there are times when we need to draw strength from others. And this is one of those times. And to be able to talk with someone that you know and they care for you and they're a true friend and they're not the kind of person that's going to blab, they're not the kind of person that's going to criticize, they're the kind of person that you can really count on and it's important to be able to say, you know, man, this is really a struggle and, and let them encourage you and help you. And hopefully you can encourage and help them. But that is just vital to have that person that you can talk to and just be able to uh, say, you know, this is, this is, this is tough. I, I, I need some help. Uh, I need some assistance. And that is a, a, a tried and true way to improve your mental well-being is to be able to acknowledge that and to admit that. Along the same lines, I think it's important to be able to recognize the the, the triggers in your own in your own personal life and and in your own mindset. When, when we get overwhelmed, we can begin to spin stories in our minds that kind of uh, perpetuate and exaggerate fear. And so it's important to have the kind of self-awareness to say, hmm, this is not good. This is a trigger for me. And I need to be able to know that, recognize this is happening and stop it. Sam, I'm, I'm not going to I'm not going to give into this. I'm not going to go down this road. I'm not going to let my mind wander into these things. I I'm going to stop this right now. Because if you don't, then you you know, you can really end up hurting yourself mentally and you may say, "Hey, Rick, listen, I mean, this is the, this is what's happening." Yes, it is what's happening, but again, it's it's life is 10% what happens to you and 90% how you respond to what happens to you. The big part of it is not what's happening, but how you respond. And you can respond positively and you can respond negatively. And you can give in to fear and exaggerate fear and, and, and make things, frankly, worse and focus on the negative. Or, or you can choose a different path. You have that ability. You have that power of choice. Use it and use it in its best and most effective way. All right, 
couple more. One, and this is a big one, is focus on somebody other than yourself. In other words, instead of continuing to think about yourself and the problems and the challenges, direct your energy outward. Find ways to not be so self-absorbed and to be more uh, considerate and compassionate toward others. It's amazing how when we show others that we care, it can really diffuse in us anxiety, worry. When we shift, and it's a very appropriate shift, when we make a shift outward and begin to look, how can we help others? What can we do that will be helpful to other people? How can we help them with their problems instead of just focusing on our own? What can we do that will make a positive difference in others' lives? And this principle works. I mean, it works. When you get the focus off yourself and you begin to look to help others, how positive that is, how marvelous that can be. And the great thing about it is, of course, you're helping other people. And at the same time, you're helping yourself. It's a total win-win. Total win-win. And that may be exactly the approach that, that you need to take right now. Okay, how about one more? This is a big one. And that is uh, mapping out your day. In other words, planning can be the most important thing that you do. When you plan your day and you plan your week and you plan your month. And you may think, wow, in all these crises, how much can I really plan? You know, and and uh, it's certainly it's true. You know, this is a great phrase. You know, we make plans. God laughs. But that's not a reason not to make plans. Maybe things won't go as planned, but more often than not, they do. They do. I think there's enormous, enormous value in planning. Instead of feel, in other words, it gives you a sense of control. Instead of feeling like this is all happening to me, you you're like, no, this is what I'm going to do. You know, I'm gonna I'm gonna have a daily schedule. And that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to have a weekly schedule. I'm going to preview my week on Sunday night. And I'm going to get ready for, uh, I'm going to get ready for the weekend. And on the 27th or 28th of every month, I'm going to preview the next month. And I'm going to get ready for that month. And if you've got a daily schedule, and then you've got a weekly review on Sunday night and a monthly review on the 27th, 28th of every month, you, you, you my friend, have a plan. And everything may not go according to plan, but many, many, many things will. And you will feel a whole lot better about yourself. Your mental well-being will be far higher when you, when you are in control of your schedule. And then you deal with the inevitable challenges and changes and so forth and so on. But it, it's, it's a marvelous tool mapping out your day, your week, your month, it works. It absolutely positively works. And it will give you 
a greater focus. And again, in a, in a, in a time of trifecta crises, when it seems like there's a lot out of control, it'll give you a measure of control that will really help you mentally and, and really bless you in, in many, many, many ways. So there are 10 ways to improve your mental well-being, and, and I, I hope you'll practice them. Maybe there's you know one or two or three that really resonate with you. Maybe there's one that you're like, man, I need to start doing that right now, like today. I need to put that into practice. I hope that you will do that and that this will really help you to, to have a, a better, a healthier uh, mental outlook and, and, and mental well-being and, and overall mental health because of it. I sure hope it, it does that for you. Again, just want to say it's great to have you join us each and every week with this Point of Impact podcast. Love to have your five-star ratings, your positive reviews, sharing these uh, episodes on your social media or in other ways, personally, whatever it might be. Love to have you do that. Appreciate that for sure. More and more people can be helped and benefited and blessed by it. Also, just want to remind you that if you say, you know, what, what else is out there from you, Rick? Well, rickmcdaniel.com is definitely the, the, the source. That's the best place. There you can see the books that I've written, seven books. You can see the articles that I write, the devotionals. You can sign up to receive that each and every week. You'll see the other messages besides this podcast that I do at my church that you can listen to those messages as well. All the stuff that you would uh, potentially be able to uh, have from me, you can all get it at rickmcdaniel.com. And I hope that you'll do that. I hope you find it helpful and a blessing. Thanks for being with us today. And I look forward to seeing you, hearing from you, listening, having you listen next week on the Point of Impact podcast. You've been listening to the Point of Impact podcast with Rick McDaniel. Thanks for tuning in and we look forward to you joining us for our next episode.